Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you're having a great day. We got another great guest for you on today's show. Welcoming back Bill O'Haran. And Bill is a licensed clinical social worker who's been studying, teaching, and counseling for the last 16 years. And his work is focused on helping clients better understand the challenges and work involved with being in a mature relationship. And that's really what we talk about today is the work to be in a mature relationship and mm-hmm. diving into our feelings and emotions to better understand them and how we can use that information to teach us and grow individually in, in the relationship. Yeah. And he gives us a very cool acronym um, to use this practice and I don't want to give it away. You're going to have to listen to find out, but we will have uh, more details on that in the show notes and in the podcast description. So yeah. And uh, Bill is great to have on super positive energy mm-hmm. and actionable tips. So we are happy to have him back on the show. And he told us that he had somebody go, go to him that heard him originally on the show. So just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So that makes us super happy that you guys are really finding our guests valuable and that you're reaching out to them for more work. So we, we love hearing that. And yeah, give us feedback. If you guys are finding the therapists that we're having on the show valuable and you're, you're going to them, please let us know. That just makes us so happy that this work is helping you guys. Yes. And as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in, telling your friends and family, partners about the show. And we are very thankful for you. Enjoy today's show. 
Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we are offering a special discount of $100 off the course. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock this special offer for our listeners, visit Spark My Relationship com slash unlock. That's spark, S-P-A-R-K, myrelationship.com slash unlock. Hey, Bill, thanks for joining us back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Super, super excited to get to talk to you guys again. Bill, in the pre-show, I was telling you how I was on your website and I found this line that I really loved and thought we can have a discussion around it. And that is how you seek to help your clients dive deep into their feelings so that they can understand their emotions and what they are trying to teach them. And I thought that really resonated with me of like wanting to to pay attention to my feelings and, and realizing if I have a, a trigger or a negative feeling, like there's something there, there's something to learn and grow. There's something that I can be taught. So we thought we could have a discussion around that. And maybe you can tell us your experience and working with clients through these things, identifying different feelings and what they are teaching them. So let's just dive in and maybe what are your thoughts and that was so important to you that you put that in your bio as kind of your mission statement, so to say, uh, with your work. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you. While you were speaking, I just wrote down two words, uh, maturity and ROAR. ROAR is a, um, an acronym that I came up with, you know, not a big deal. It means to relax, to open, to accept, and then relate again. And I'll get into that in a second. But I think, uh, you know, I think what us humans forget is that the only way to mature in life, to grow, it's not through the thought process. It's through the emotional process. It's teaching our rational adult brain that our emotions of joy and sadness or longing have content. There's information in there. What does resentment teach me about my life? What does my anger, my original anger towards the feminine energy teach me about becoming a man and growing up and processing that little boy inside of me? So understanding our emotions is really the most important thing in life. And we learned from our last discussion that, you know, Harvard said the most important thing in a human being's life is relationships. Okay. So we know that. So how do I interact better in a relationship? I have to understand how I feel in every moment and my feelings are going to teach me how to grow up. Here's a, for instance, for me, and then I can get into the process. My first four, five, six, seven years of marriage I would behave and, and act, you know, as professionally and as mature as I could. But there was still this angry little 14-year-old inside of me that when my wife would say something, it would kick up this resentment and anger. And so I would use this technique, roar. I would go back and I would, and I'll get into this in a second. I'd go back and I'd relax myself and I'd go back to when that resentment and anger was first born. And that was really kind of 10, 11, 12 when I would witness kind of my mom just regular browbeating of my dad anger, resentment towards that interaction. And so I didn't realize that that core emotion I had carried into my 40-year-old self and was still reacting to my wife as if I was the 14-year-old. 
So how did maturity happen? I allowed that anger and resentment to come up to my rational adult self, and we dialogued. The 14-year-old dialoguing with the 41-year-old, the 14-year-old talking about it, the 14-year-old processing it. I think I discussed in the last our last conversation of the 14-year-old didn't have access to emote and get this stuff out. So it's stuck in there. But now the 41-year-old's willing to relax and go back in. And, and together, the 41-year-old and the 14-year-old and the 12-year-old, wherever that original anger point is, resentment point is, get the dialogue and go, you know what? That was their world. Um, you're going to learn and grow. Your wife has tremendous insights. Sometimes she gets frustrated and angry, and that's just her frustration and anger. Don't take it personally. Don't take it like a little 14-year-old. Let her process it. Does that make sense? In other words, it's only through our emotions, teaching our rational mind about them, do we wake up to our lives and grow up. And that's the hardest work, the best work, but the hardest thing in any therapeutic process is this kind of self-awareness and realizing, oh, I've got to know my own emotions. Does that, does that make sense just as a starter? Makes mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, and so what's interesting is we studied the heck out of therapeutic processing, and a lot of it came out of, here you go, the U.S. government. And it's through the PTSD work that they've been doing since beginning of World War I, where these, where these soldiers were coming back, and they had all these deep-seated, you know, uh, experiences that happened to them and they're all their dreams and they were, you know, they would drink, no do drugs. Like, and so the government started doing a ton of work on how to process and help soldiers through the PTSD process. And what they came up with is what they call flooding. And what it is, is you relax the patient. They were relaxing the soldier, the old, the, the veteran, and this, the veteran would go back into those powerfully crazy emotions and, and, and experiences on the battlefield but now he's in a safe place. He's in an office. He's in his room. He's in his house. He's in a safe place. And he goes back and he understands, seeks to understand what those intense emotions, how they fit into the fabric of his adult life now. In other words, you go back, you relax, you allow yourself to be flooded with these emotions, the anger, the rage, the fear, the death, crazy stuff. And I actually worked at a veterans hospital for a year. We did some of this work. And then you're introducing, reintroducing the veteran to these emotions, but it's in a safe spot. And he gets to understand again, what, how do I place this, what they say in the tapestry of his life? It's an experience in life. It's brutal, but let's fit it into where you are now. And by fitting it in and just accepting that they're part of the very DNA, the very psychoemotional, biological, biomagnetic DNA of this 50-year-old veteran it soothes and relaxes them a little bit. I'm not saying it's solving the world's problems, but it gives these, gives, gave the veterans a chance to just understand how it all fits. And that's the work that I took modifying it and then bringing it into my therapeutic practice. And I call it roar relax. So I get the, you know, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, if that's okay. Yes, please. So, you know, you got you, my, my clients sitting there, you know, they're on the couch or typically sometimes I get them to lie down um, and we count down the first process is relax. Why relaxing? Because the rational mind is designed to keep the emotions away. Our neocortex is designed to keep strong emotions away. That's a whole other topic. And it happens in the directicular activating system in the midbrain. That's the transition point. So the, the, the rational mind doesn't, my 56 year old does not want to know my 
sadness from fifth grade or wherever. So what do we have to do to introduce it to these emotions? We have to relax. So I get the clients to close your eyes and imagine you're in front of a chalkboard. I do this every single session. I was doing it with my kids growing up. I do it. I've probably done it 10,000 times myself. You get in front of a chalk. Imagine you're in front of a chalkboard. You get a piece of chalk and you draw the number 10. You erase the 10 and draw the nine. Erase nine and draw the eight. And you just do that process in your mind and you start to relax. And now you relax. Now what we do is we imagine the 41-year-old or the 34-year-old. I just did it on Thursday. Go back to your fourth grade class. When you were in fourth grade, go back there. The 31-year-old's in the fourth grade class. Now invite the fourth grader you. Invite you in fourth grade in. And you begin to have a dialogue. How are you feeling? What's going on? Oh, I'm sad. Oh, what are you sad about? Oh, dad left. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my So the 31-year-old is having a discussion, sounds crazy, I know, having a discussion with a 10-year-old. And nine times out of 10, the 31-year-old, the client, the 41-year-old has sheds a tear. He remembers the softer part of his life. He's now opened up. And so now we got the R to relax. O is to open up to these feelings. And here comes the big A of roar, to accept as that, as you're dialoguing with that younger party and the emotions are coming up, you just start the process of accepting that that's the way it was then. That's what you were immersed in. That was your life experience as a fourth grader. It's not good or bad. Mom and dad aren't good or bad people. It's just they were going through their life experience. You're going through your life experience. And so the fourth grade emotions get to almost hold hands with that 31-year-old going, we're going to do this together. We're in it together. Yeah, I can almost feel it when I talk about it because I've spent so much time with my fourth grader. So now you're in the big accepting role. And as you do that a few times, you know, you spend an hour or two doing that. You're like, oh, okay. So resentment, that's just, okay, resentment, anger, there it is. It doesn't disappear. And so then the R, the last R is going back out into the world and relating with this new insight, with this new sense of maturity, this new sense of having integrated resentment into the tapestry of your life, just like the veterans. So it really emerges from the PTSD work of relax, open, accept, and then relatis, relate back into your life with your partner, with your spouse going, hey, you know, I really have some old resentment. And I realize when you say that to me, it kicks up that old resentment. Oh, really? How do you know that? There's, how do you have? I went back and kind of checked in and, and Again, it sounds crazy and wacky, and it's a little bit of a, it, it comes a lot from the hypnosis work that a lot of therapists do. I don't like to call it hypnosis. It's just relaxation and quieting the rational mind. So that roar is, I use it literally every single time I interact with a client. I wanted to follow up on that because what if somebody is unaware of where those initial feelings come from? Like you mentioned fourth grade going back to that time you were sad, but what if somebody is so unaware of where it's rooted from that they just don't even know where to start? Great question. And that, that, is, t- <laughs> that is typically <laughs> the biggest challenge. Yeah. So the question I forgot to add is that I'll say to somebody, okay, what are you feeling? I relax them. What are you feeling right now? I'm feeling anger. Great. How old do you feel? Mm, and then there's okay. a long pause. I feel 15. Perfect. Now we've got the hook. I mean, it's amazing sometimes. I just had this with a with this young 31-year-old client. Again, like I said, on Thursday, 
He'd never done any of this work before. It's over Zoom. Close your eyes. We count them down. And I said, how are you feeling? What grade? And he just happened to go. He's like, fifth grade. I'm like, boom, they're in. And we spent the next 20 minutes playing soccer, hanging out with his fifth grader. Back in, um, I think he was from Guatemala or something. Um, and so you, you just, you ask the quick question. You try to get a hook in an age. And really, the exact age doesn't matter. Pretty much anything that happens prior to the age of 15, 16, it's all in there. That's really where the mm-hmm. all the soup, all the emotional kind of soup was was first brewed, so to speak. What's amazing when you relax somebody, you can a lot of times you can just do it on your own. I do it before I go while I'm in bed, I relax and count myself down. It's amazing what comes up when we get our rational mind to just get quiet for a little bit. And the reason why people struggle a lot of times with sitting quietly or meditation is because that emotion is trying to poke up at us. And so, you know, you bring up the really good question is it's hard to do it on your own, but ultimately doing it on your own is going to be where most of the work is going to be done. The therapeutic process can set the framework. Um, But you know, that's, that's tricky part of, just staying with it and all the information will come. It's a guarantee. It will come. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, Chase, maybe maybe I'd give a, another example of an actual client. Would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Would that be and, helpful? Yes. Um, actually, you know what? This is, uh, I'm going to go with the one I just mentioned from last week um, uh, because he, you know, he heard your, um, he heard your podcast. That's how he found me. Oh, wow. Um, he's in a very oh. serious relationship. First really serious relationship where they both think, and they're in their early 30s, both think this is the one. And one of the challenges he's feeling is he didn't realize how much mm, deep emotions, how much, how much his girlfriend could kick in these old emotions. And one of the things he'd been confused about is that when he brings something up to her and she retorts, she gives her feedback, it makes him feel really small. It makes him feel like a boy. And he's like, I'm just trying to be honest. And then she cuts me down. I said, well, that's just, that's just the feminine energy. You got to hang in there. How? And so the first question I asked in our first session is when she does that, how old do you feel? And he closed his eyes and he said, fifth grade at home. Great. Let's relax and go back. And so that fifth grader who who witnessed um, not much of a relationship in the, in the family life. His dad wasn't around. He had older siblings, but he felt at times he realized he felt a bit alone. He felt a bit sad. He felt a bit disconnected from the feminine energy. His mom loved him, but she wasn't around a lot. And so that kind of empty pit in his stomach that his girlfriend was activating today reminded him of that empty pit in his stomach when his mom would be out, you know, working and he'd be kind of like playing with his brothers and then he'd be by himself and he felt, oh, right. We all know that feeling of being like that little kid and nobody's around and oh my God, just so disconnected. And so we relaxed and we went back and all we did was introduce him to that part of himself. So we went to that classroom. He stood outside the building. This is all just through this kind of relaxed chatting. And I said, you know, does the fifth grader want to talk to you? And this happens. This is this is exactly the the, the dialogue, the interaction. And, and you can literally have a dialogue with a relaxed person about a place and time that happened long ago. He's like, yeah, 
I'm like, what does a fifth grader want to do? Play soccer. Perfect. Just start playing. And the tears started to drip from his eyes over Zoom. And he was connecting and he was in such a place of relaxed joy that at one point, I just, we didn't, there was like silence. Just letting him simmer and reconnecting to that fifth grade. Imagine right now if you just closed your eyes and hung out with your fifth grader and just did whatever you did, go for a swim, climb a tree. Like your whole body seems to relax because you're connecting with that youthful freedom-induced, freedom-seeking self that didn't have spreadsheets and college invoices and, you know, electric bills to pay. And we spent time wallowing in that interaction. The whole session was probably in that quiet state, probably 35, 40 minutes. Um, we finally said our goodbyes. He said goodbye to the fifth grader. Uh, we made a commitment. This is really kind of what I like. To me, it's kind of key. Make a commitment to continue to go back. Um, remind yourself, the 31-year-old, remind yourself of what you love doing in fifth grade. So you guys maybe exchange something, a soccer ball or a baseball cap or a baseball mitt, whatever it is. And we, we closed it out. And he's like, Bill, I haven't felt that connection to that youthful part. And I said, well, what is it, what is it kind of teaching you, what it's showing you? He's like, well, I'm not alone, that I had that younger part of me, and that younger part of me has me. And when my girlfriend, when the feminine comes down heavy on me, I can retreat and go back to that place, and can my 31-year-old can connect with my 14-year-old and my 10-year-old, and together we can learn how to grow and mature and, and, and understand ourselves and understand the feminine energy. He's like, I just, I didn't understand the feminine and this gives me another resource to kind of feel more whole, to feel more whole. And that's really all we're trying to do as human beings is how do we become whole? Well, we need these younger parts of ourselves because that's where the deep emotions are. Um, so that was, that was, and so he, so he just emailed me two days ago, you know, just checking in. He's like, had a really good weekend. Um, really just started to see how she does something and it triggers me and I can manage that. Now, Listen, there's no, you know, his, his relational problems aren't solved, but it's given him a perspective and a lens and almost a toolkit to managing these intense interactions. Thank you for sharing that. So now how can he take that insight and communicate it to his girlfriend mm -hmm. and, and how can they grow together? <laughs> Chase, you ask. <laughs> The great questions, because it's, it's, that's a delicate dance because there are times where the man, the masculine needs to be vulnerable and share those things to the feminine, to his girlfriend or, my, you know, me to my wife. And there's times we need to not share it. And choosing those times is depending on where the, where the energy of whatever interaction you're having. So the way the, the best way for him to introduce this information, these insights is when they're having those relaxed moments, those soft moments, um, when they're just in, in quiet dialogue with each other through, you know, through their day, it won't be when things get intense and it won't be when things are sad. It's finding that place where the masculine and feminine can, can communicate where the charges are at their least highest points. If you know what I mean? And, and, you know, my relationship with my wife, 24 years in, I know when the charge is low, I, last week I came to her, this kind of these big kind of inner, inner stuff that's coming up. And just to get to share that vulnerability, I shed a little tear. I shared these insights. There's a few dreams I had. And she just gave me this kind of holistic, grounded 
feminine guru perspective. And it just, it was so powerful. But yet if I had done that when she was feeling less than, or when she was charged up about me, not, you know, cutting the lawn and taking the garbage out, it doesn't work. And really, and I think you guys probably know this best. There's, you have to pick your points. You have to be wise. It's not like you're hiding anything. You just need to be wise and when to be vulnerable because vulnerability is when the relationship grows. And so if he, and this is what was happening. He was being vulnerable. She was cutting him down and he was shutting down and wanted to leave. That was literally the dynamic. And that's essentially why he had called me a couple of weeks ago after hearing your podcast. He's like, I want to, I want to fight. I want to do the good fight. I want to, I want to learn how to do this. And so he now tries to figure out the best times to introduce that information. It's probably over a glass of wine. And when they're relaxed and just going, hey, there's some insights you want me to share with you. She might say, no, I don't care. That's your stuff. Perfect. And if that's the case, perfect. We'll come back at, a, at whenever, whenever both parties are willing to kind of be vulnerable, hear each other's stuff and kind of just share it, just hold the space for it. How does that dynamic work though? Like you just said, if, if she's like not interested in working on it, like that seems like it would be a pretty hard place for them to like really yeah. work through stuff. Before we continue on, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by TurboDebt. If you listen to the show, you know, and we talk about it a lot, that money can certainly create a lot of relationship problems. In fact, some people say it might be the number one thing to cause conflict in a relationship. Especially when you have debt problems. And right now we know times are tough and a lot of people have racked up all sorts of debt, whether it's credit cards, consolidation loans, store cards, or even those payday loans that have crazy interest rates. We know that if you have over $10,000 in debt and are paycheck to paycheck, it's almost impossible to get out of debt. But we have some good news. TurboDebt is here to help. TurboDebt helps with credit cards, personal loans, payday loans, and medical debt. Think about how much money you pay every month to credit cards versus putting the money in the bank. If you're paying $500 a month, in just five years, you would have $30,000 in cash in the bank if you didn't have these high interest rate credit cards. Think about all the great trips you could take with your partner or your family. I know who wouldn't want to have a little extra cash? Mm-hmm. Cash in the bank. That's right. So if you have over $10,000 in credit card debt, personal loans, medical or payday loans, they can help. Go to turbodebt.com slash advice for a free consultation. That's turbodebt.com slash advice. Today's episode is also brought to you by Ana Luisa. If you're looking for the perfect Valentine's gift for your partner, a friend, or even for yourself, go check out Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa creates beautiful, sustainably made jewelry starting at only $39. And they're offering a special Valentine's sale of 15% off. What I love about buying Ana Luisa's jewelry is that they offset their carbon emissions, starting with the sourcing of their raw materials all the way to the disposal of their pieces. So not only do I not feel guilty for purchasing Ana Luisa jewelry, but I actually feel like I'm kind of giving back a little bit (laughs) to the environment. They also only produce limited batches, which ensures the highest production standards while eliminating excessive waste. 
The quality is exceptional and really allows for long lasting pieces crafted from care from the best noble metals. They also offer a 365 day warranty to replace or refund any pieces that don't meet your expectations. I am a huge fan of simple, elegant jewelry, so I'm completely in love with all the pieces that I got from them. My favorite piece is the mama necklace. It literally says mama on it. And so I'm very proud to wear it. And Stella always asks what it says and what it means. So I love telling her that I'm proud to be her mama all the time. It's super simple, light, hypoallergenic, and looks great with almost everything I wear. So if you're still in need of Valentine's gifts, you should really take advantage of this 15% off Valentine's Day sale. Or if you already have a gift, just add this. Yeah. You'll get extra bonus. Buy it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so head over to AnnaLuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com for 15% off their entire site for Valentine's Day. The last day to guarantee standard shipping within the U.S. before Valentine's Day is Tuesday, February 10th. So don't wait. Treat yourself and your loved ones with a unique gift from AnnaLuisa.com. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com. AnnaLuisa.com. Yeah. Yes. Well, if I just use this specific example... What's ironic, Sarah, is that she wanted him to do the work, mm, right? So mm-hmm. she said, you know, go, you need to go talk to a therapist. And so, but as you know, that's his stuff. And the feminine's like, hey, you go off and you figure it out. And it's funny you asked that question because I asked him point blank in the beginning of our, our second dialogue last week. I said, uh, one to 10, how much does your girlfriend want to continue and do the work? hold the space for you, hold the space for herself, hold the space for the relationship. He's like nine. She's all in. I said, perfect. Okay. So we know that the desire is there for both of them. And so if she doesn't have the desire to hear this stuff now, because it's too raw and she's like, listen, you got miles to go. I'm way ahead of you, which is typically the case feminine in front of the masculine in terms of maturity. Then as long as there's a macro commitment to the relationship, he just needs to keep going and, and continued, I always said, check in. Hey, sweetheart, how you doing? Do you want to hear this? No, I'm not interested at all. Perfect. Next week, are you? No. And so it's just, I think for me, there's iterations. It's just constantly checking in. And I still do it 24 years in. Like, how are we doing, sweetheart? Did I, did I piss you off? You look pissed. Just the checking in. And I think what I've learned is the, was the feminine energy is so powerful, so strong that there you just have to kind of, I have to understand when the flow is, you know, when it's, when it's a good time, when it's not a good time um, and kind of the state that my wife is in. Um, and that's what I was trying to teach this gentleman is just to really understand, t- take stock and note where she's at right now, feel into it. Oh, this isn't the time. And you'll know the time. And, and the good news is, and the answer to your question is she is fully committed to the process and to him. It's just probably on a different timeline because she's already done some of the work um, and he's just kind of really catching up. So she's probably thinking, ah, you know what? You're, a, you're in the fourth inning. I'm in the ninth inning. As you catch up, we can interact, but let's, you know, go off and keep doing it yourself. And that's been, I get that a lot of times where the, the man's like, listen, my wife's kind of given up on me. So this is, this is kind of triage right now. So sometimes it just, 
the, the feminines cut it off and going, listen, you need to do the work. If it works, great, but I'm kind of done, you know, but, and that's just, you try to just keep encouraging them to stand in that fire. That's a, a key recognition that we've talked about a lot on the show is that there's a lot of tools and things to work through in a relationship, but underlying it all, the commitment to growing um, is super important because if one person's like, no, I'm perfect or I'm good, yeah. I don't want to communicate better, then that's a, it's an it's, issue that can be worked through, but that's that's got to change that mindset. Exactly. And, and, and you know, often the death knell of a relationship is when the feminine, and I don't, I don't mean to globalize, but I've just seen when, when the spouse and the girlfriend have, have given up and they've pulled back and they've lost the trust that that man warrior boy that they've been interacting with can't get through the boy part, right? They're successful. They make money, but that boy part just won't, won't come up. It won't, can't process it when a, when the feminine pulls back and stops caring. I always tell my guys, if your wife's not angry at you, watch it because anger means she's caring. If she's stopped being angry on some level, she's pulling back, you know, she, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get at that and you gotta identify it and you gotta see if you can kind of get that to come back around through your own work. But yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, um, often men catch their need to change and grow when after it's too late, um, you know, I think women give men, you know, two chances, three chances, 10 chances. Um, but typically a man can't hear, they hear words, but they don't hear the feeling behind the words of the feminine. They hear, Oh, you need to change. And they're like, Oh, that's my mom's voice. I'll push away from that. But really what she's saying is, boy, I, I really want you to change because I want to love you more. And I want to understand you more. I want to help you more, but I can't help you if you can't, look and feel into what I'm actually looking for is for you to grow up. And the problem is when you, when a woman tells a man to grow up, that's basically that mom voice going, ah, grow up. What she's saying is I see the boy in there. I see the man in there, but the boy's winning. And so we want the boy to stop feeling so less than so insecure so that you can, you and I can engage as two adults and developmentally, you know, it's hard for men to get past 14, 15 year olds. I mean, I just look around. There's a lot of successful 40 and 50 year olds that are developmentally 14, 15, 16. You've given us a great acronym to start that work. And, and that's really what it's about is, you know, yeah. with, with Roar to, to dive in and go, okay, why am I feeling these strong things and emotions and what are they trying to teach me? How am I going to heal that? So I want to talk a little bit about, just a process of of that. You've given us some good examples, but let's say I have a strong emotion. It comes up and I want to identify, I relax, and then I, I go back and I'm, I'm walking myself through this. And I go mm -hmm. back and let's say I'm, I'm feeling insecure about a situation. How do I, Find what it. are some questions I can ask myself to like get towards the root of where that's coming from. Does that make Great. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, don't, I hope I don't repeat myself, but um, so I would have you on your own. I would instruct you to, you know, go find that quiet spot, count down, and now you're relaxed. And so now you're kind of 
now your body's open, your, your mind is kind of soothed a little bit and you've now identified, let's just say frustration, you know, okay, perfect. So the question you'd ask yourself is where in my body is the frustration? So I, I'm, I'm going to practice on myself as I talk through it. Uh, my chest, my belly, frustration, like that kind of like sizzling, like, uh, you know, in my neck. Okay. How old do I feel? How old do you feel as that frustration bubbles up? 15, right? I just, uh, 15. Okay, perfect. So now you've identified where in the body and what age. So then I would have you, and you do it on your own, I would have you probably count down five to one again. So you've already done 10 to one relaxed. You've identified the place in the body. You've identified the age. I want to do one more level of relaxation. Five, four, three, two, one. And what we would do is let's go back to your high school class when you were 15. I just use the high school and the, and the education framework and environment because it's readily accessible. Oh, yeah, I remember 15. I remember my environmental teacher. I'm, so I want you to go back, Chase, and go back to that 15-year-old because you've identified that's where the frustration is. And now all you need to do is just be with that 15-year-old and literally, it's as if you're talking to a 15-year-old, which would be different than talking to a 7-year-old or a 28-year-old. But like, hey, what's up? Uh, nothing. F you. No, no, no. And so, you, you know, it's crazy what comes up. You actually get your 15-year-old uh, sensibilities and, and um, disposition almost as you relax and go back. And so you, all you would try to do is begin a dialogue with that 15 year old and maybe you're doing it behind the high school. Maybe you're doing it, you know, in your study class and you're just in there and you imagine yourself in there and you'll know you're there when you start to have this kind of feeling sensation. Um, and you'll be able to kind of recognize going, gosh, that really is 15. I got dropped like a hot rock. Oh my gosh. And so age location, and then staying with that. And, and a lot of times, you got to relax yourself down again. I would lie down doing this process. If you fall asleep, perfect. You can always wake up. But being in that relaxed place and getting the hook in, when I say getting the hook in, getting yourself purposefully in front of that 15-year-old energy and your 15-year-old self. I always get clients to get, what are you wearing? What's the 15-year-old wearing? Oh, he's wearing his old sneakers and that ratty shirt and his mom hates it. Um, perfect. It's like start there. Like, it's amazing, a little detail like that, it's kind of like it's going back into a dream, right? When you go back into a dream or when you're dreaming, you only remember snippets, but if you grab that snippet, you tend to get more information and more emotion and more, more content come up when you can hook a specific. So you've got the age, you've hooked a 15-year-old, and now you guys are spending a little bit of time, and you want to be, you want to be respectful and courteous. I know this sounds crazy, but... Engage the 15-year-old as if you were meeting with a frustrated 15-year-old out on the street or in your business place or in the supermarket. And then you ask the 15-year-old, can we continue this dialogue? Can we continue to do this together? And there might be times where you'd be like, no, I'm not into it. All adults are idiots. I'm not in. Perfect. No problem. Can I at least touch base again? Yeah, no problem. Right. And again, I know this sounds wacky. But you get that kind of commitment and then you count yourself back up 
And then I just have my clients just write a, write a few notes. I typically have them write a letter, write a letter to the 15 year old, write a letter to the 10 year old and just kind of feel into that. And so now you have a set point, you have a location. Um, you know, sometimes when you're in with a 15 year old, somehow the 10 year old shows up, Oop, let's go back to the 10 year old. And so really it's the inner child work. And, and it's, it's a, it's such a, I think an overused word, this inner child work, but it is, and I said it last time, the deepest, most basic core work that anybody can do. And it's typically the work people are, are nervous doing because let's face it, there's times in our childhood where we had emotions and feelings that we kind of wish we didn't have, but those are the ones that are driving our life and they're driving how we interact with our partner. It's super important work. And yeah, just the idea of going through that and having compassion for Mm. that inner child I've found Mm. has created a lot of healing. You know what it is, Chase? What I realize is that think about you at eight, nine, 10 years. All we ever wanted was to have an adult that was actually paying attention to us and listening to us. They didn't even have to be like super nice or have, you know, lollipops or ice cream. You know, think about it. It's so simple. A child's need. I want a child wants an adult that's present with their heart and soul, like all there, you know, and I've been decent as a dad, but I'm a idiot and grump and all that kind of stuff. But there were moments where I just, I I would sit in front of my kids and be like, what are we doing? How are you guys doing? How's school? And I would be there and I'd be listening. I asked them questions. They're like, oh, there's an adult listening to me. I ran a juvenile justice program for three years in Stanford, Connecticut, black and Hispanic boys. And we just, we decided we were going to love them and be present for them. That's it. Did we have success? Eh. But we loved them and our hearts were open and I would cry in front of them because I was committed to them. That's what a, that's what a child wants. So when we do that in our inner life, stuff happens. Tears flow. <laughs> we open to self. We're present for our 10-year-old. Think of that. And nobody knows your 10-year-old better than you. Because <laughs> it is you. It's it's really, really, really good work. Uh, not not my work, just we've studied it so much. And there isn't a client that hasn't had some kind of insight come up doing this work. And always it's here. Yeah, it's beautiful and it's important stuff. And Bill, you've given us and our listeners some great tools to to begin doing this or to add it. I know you guys think I'm totally crazy wacky. No. But I appreciate you guys giving me the the platform. No, not at all. We think you're great. That's why we had you back. (laughs) (laughs) Before we wrap up, Bill, um, if there's anything you want to emphasize, let us know. And please tell our listeners where they can find you online. And then we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Yep. Um, I want to just say one thing, guys. Um, There is a biological event that happens in the human being when we turn 29, 30. And I know, um, you know, a lot of your listeners are kind of that, probably that age and it's called millenniation. And what millenniation is at the age of 29, 30, your left brain and your right brain start to merge. And what that does is that creates unconsciously this, this kind of inner shifts of perspectives and sense of self and the lens and it, it, you know, you notice people in their 29, 30, 31, 32, they're like, God, what am I doing with my life? It's, it's, it's called the Saturn turn. And it really is this first wonderful kind of critical point in a person's life. It happens again at, in your mid fifties. 
But what I say to folks, my nephew's getting married in the 30s, like, listen, who you are at 25 is actually different, biomagnetically different than who you are at 32. But you met your beautiful spouse, you met your partner prior to millenniation, prior to your brain's kind of shifting. So just hang in there. And what do I recommend? Do the work, roar, do the work because there's stuff coming up in your emotional world because of this myelination that your rational world is being forced to look into, which you weren't being forced to look into in your 20s because that process wasn't happening. In summary, what I just try to tell people is it's impossible to know what's going to come up in your marriage because it was impossible to know what's going to come up in you because it was impossible to know that millenniation was going to happen to you. So there's a scientific reason why you have to hang in there and why people tend to give up because they get to their 30s and like, oh no, this isn't, she's the wrong one, she's the right one. Hang in there, just hang in there, number one. Uh, hang in, not number one, hang in there is really kind of my message to folks. Um, people can find me on um, wholecounseling.com, like Whole Foods, but wholecounseling.com. Uh, the book, Waking Up Marriage, Finding Truth in, the par- in Your Partnership is on Amazon. Um, and just, you know, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, I love having these conversations and I just, uh, I'm really, really, really appreciative of all all your time and all the listeners time. Well, thank you, Bill. And as always, our listeners will be able to find all that information on the show notes and in the episode description. And thanks again for taking the time to come on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show, guys. As always, the links will be in the podcast description as well as on the show notes on our website at idopodcast.com. And while you're on our website, we hope you guys check out our free 14-day happy couple challenge. Uh, It's a challenge where we send you a daily email for 14 days with easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And it's honestly just a whole lot of fun to do with your partner. It's something new and we think you guys will really enjoy it. So check it out. And while you're on the website, there are tons of free resources as well as more information about our online course, Spark My Relationship, where our listeners can get $100 off. So check that out. You can go directly to the course website at sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And that's where you can get the $100 off. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com